And we're back. Thank you for sticking with Not a Robot. We are now getting into our full die reviews, talking about the ongoing books that we get every month. And starting off today, we have Catwoman number 50, and that will be told to us by Josh. Meow. Story by Teeny Howard, Art Nico Leone, colors Veronica Gandini, Lucas Gatanian letters, and a cover from David Nakayama. Also a pretty cool cover this week. Uh, this is a dense book, but hang in because it's a good one. Catwoman is laying out the plans on how they're going to take down the Royal Flush Gang's operations when Batman shows up, says that him and Catwoman need to go have a talk alone. He tells her about Aiko getting hurt and that uh, how he's there to follow her orders. That's exactly what he does, which is kind of weird uh, to me, but all right. I'll take it, considering who it is. Punchline and the Royal Flush Gang, meanwhile, are setting up their defenses against Catwoman and the Strays, but it's too late because they're already getting hit. However, they did have some, such as communication blocks, all ready to go. Uh, the Strays are definitely stepping it up, so is Dario, who takes on the new identity, the Tomcat. I rolled my eyes at first, but then I thought it was pretty cool. Um... The fight continues, and right as Batman starts to freak out about not being able to talk to Catwoman, the communication system comes back on. The team is move, moving beautifully, and they're taking down the game. Uh, Celine and Alexis are kicking the hell out of each other on one side, and on the other side, the king, of, the king and queen of hearts goes up against Onyx. It is not a fair fight in either case. Uh... <laughs> fucking dummies but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh meanwhile uh, uh after onyx just whips the snot out of the other two catwoman beats the snot out of punchline and hangs her up using her whip uh, by the neck uh, off of a rafter um unfortunately while all of this was going on velmont velmont was in a different part of the chemical plant and he happened to find amygdala who coincidentally is called amygdala because he's have his he's had it removed which i guess is like calling a guy with no left hand lefty um seems kind of rude to me but in any case uh he thinks that he'll want to hurt punchline that's not the case he apparently has a thing for her and goes to attack catwoman valmont stops that by putting a comma sickle right into his head um Right between the eyes, as a matter of fact. Um, uh, Catwoman doesn't yell at Valmont for killing, which I thought was odd. But she says, Valmont, you promised, basically. Um, that was weird. Batman shows up and has a problem with it, though. While fighting, Batman says something curious, that Valmont is deep undercover. But he won't say what he knows out loud because he wouldn't do that to Selina. That's when she's seen them fight enough and wraps her whip around Batman's arm. Valmont takes a cheap shot, and Batman crashes into Catwoman as the concrete support that is gi-fucking-gantic comes crashing down, and of course, Batman catches it because he's as strong as Superman. Um, with his attention on Catwoman, he doesn't see Valmont jumping at him from behind with both comma-sickles coming at him. Uh, Catwoman stops Valmont, plunging her claws into his chest. Uh, while this is talking, she's talking about how they don't see it yet, but she does whatever the hell she's talking about there. Um, as Batman says they need to move, we see his voice trail off, and then the warehouse explode. 
The following day, Montoya has a press conference announcing that people have been arrested, but she will not divulge names. There are There is an epilogue. Um, the Aftermath by Tini Howard, Art and Maki Moran, uh, Miranda, uh, Juan Fierra and Lee Lowridge, Darren Bennett on letters. Dario set up the hospital CIECO and fills her in on what's going on with business and punchline. Also, that Valmont isn't is dead, and the one that was arrested is one Selena Kyle. Not cool, man. And to pile on top of that, she's been arrested for killing Valmont. Um, so they've decided while Selena is away, they agree to step up as Catwoman and the Tomcat. Uh, we see Bruce visiting Selena in jail after that. She tells him she had to pick one of them. She picked Bruce. Now she doesn't know how she feels about that. And she does feel like she failed the city. Uh, she knows that Bruce is going to have a hard time not thinking of her as murderer. So, you know, she's kind of having a shitty time. So she wants a little bit of alone time. She gets that by going into Gen Pop and kicking the shit out of every single person in the mess hall. Um, there was so much crammed into this book. I mean, so much, but every single piece fit. The art is phenomenal, and how they ended this arc is seriously wow, as far as I'm concerned. Such crazy spins, so many crazy spins that I never saw coming. I don't know what's coming in or for Catwoman, but I do know that I will be reading it. I gave uh, I gave Catwoman a 9.5 out of 10. I thought this was damn near perfect. Right on. Yeah, I'm curious you how long this is going to last. Because the last time that they had Aiko take over for Selena, that she was going to watch Gotham as Catwoman, we didn't see that happen once until Selena got back and we just got a couple of months of Selena stories in another part of the world. <laughs> I, I get she can't really do much else now that she's in prison, but I am hoping that they do stick to it this time and we see Aiko and Dario going around saving Gotham as Catwoman and Tomcat, at least for a short while, because we do know eventually Selena's going to get out of prison. Uh, it did take quite the turn with this book. Um, just the way it ended and and Valmont getting killed, I didn't see that coming, but I am so about no. it right now. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of <laughs> chatter online. <laughs> Uh, I'm seeing a lot of chatter online, though, about how this this is trash and it's the worst Catwoman story they've ever read, and I just don't understand it. <laughs> Where's that coming from? I don't understand that shit either. This is a pretty damn good story, <laughs> at least in my I fucking opinion. loved it, man. Yeah, the, the art is really good. The story, I think, is fantastic. I gave it a 9 out of 10. I gave it. And it did not read it out of 10, but if online chatter is also to be believed, it's apparently a terrible story. So I'm not really it sure. It really what to is, man. It's the full transition um, of Catwoman finally stepping over the line and wanting to be a hero instead of just being selfish. And it's, I think it was done fucking wonderfully. Set up by Rom V and just teed off by Timmy Howard. Yeah. I don't mean to rush through my explanation, though. Yeah. Brandon. Yeah, no, I, I don't have anything else to add other than apparently it's it's, uh, it's got quite a rep um, within some parts of the internet. But uh, <laughs> that's all I got to say. Wait, what was your score? Get it. Get it. 
You didn't oh, read I didn't, it. I didn't get a chance to check this one out. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Okay. I, mean, I might have missed that part. Uh, all right. Fair enough. Well, I look forward to your, hearing your thoughts if if and when you do get a chance to read it. Um, yeah. So now we're going to speed on over to Central City uh, to check in with the Flash. But I forget. Is he in Central City or Keystone right now? Well, he's in well, Central, yeah. So basically yeah. both, yeah. Basic, okay, fair enough. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about the Flash number 789, picking up where 788 left off. Uh, this is written by Jeremy Adams with pencils from Fernando Pazarin, inks from Matt Ryan, colors from Matt Herms, and letters from Rob Lee. Uh, Wally and Pied Piper have reunited, and it feels so good because you get an opening image, splash page, full page image of... Uh, Wally and Piper just hugging it out, uh, reminiscing on old times. It's good to see each other. Uh, Piper has frozen the rogues in place using his uh, pipe, uh, but it's not going to last long. So Wally raises him and Piper back to the West household, where the entire West family are ecstatic to see Hartley Sawyer back again. Uh, again, the family reminisce and hug it out and uh, have a bit of a good time just chatting yet they are interrupted by an announcement from Mayor Warden Wolf uh, announcing that there is now a state of martial law declared by him in Central City and there will be a mandatory curfew and safety checkpoints throughout the city and this will go on however long it takes to keep the city safe uh, so the three adults in the household hardly Linda and Wally uh, talk over what to do next and as Linda uh, reveals which Wally already knows she is smarter than the two of them combined says why don't you just confront them uh, them being the rogues and Warden Wolf Mayor Warden Wolf not saying his Mayor first Warden. name is Warden I'm just I'm used to calling him Warden Wolf so I'm not going to stop <laughs> um yeah, so the, the wallet, no, I was going to say Harley, but Wally goes off and chats with the mayor, the Honorable Gregory Wolf, as you now see on his name tag. Uh, they have a bit of a discussion as to what's going on, and Wally reveals all the cards he has in his hand, connecting all the dots that he's come across over the past little while, including Girder in none other than Chicago, to which, while Wally admits he goes there for the pizza, which we did see him do when he was there with Wallace, Gerder would go there for the money and the crime. Uh, so there are crime families in Chicago, which Gerder was there to visit to get money for the Honorable Gregory Wolf uh, to fund his campaign. And now that he uh, doesn't need the money now, he has no intentions of paying it back. So he's fighting back and keeping the city safe. Since they, as Wally says, there is no honor among thieves. Uh, so it is all about money and power, which the mayor admits is true, but still re uh, refuses to back down. And as Wally admits, they're about to fight. So Blacksmith takes Wally straight out the front door, sees him onto the street, and the two go at it. But Wally is just a bit too quick for blacksmith yet the rogues appear at once and try to get the upper hand but again wally is too quick and begins to slowly take them down 
not slowly, quickly take them down one by one, but then Mayor Warden Wolf comes out, grabs Wally by the throat unexpectedly, lifts him up into the sky and throws him across the street to where, where Mirror Master sends Wally flying through a window in and out above him as Captain Gold freezes him in place. But the Flash family with Hartley Sawyer appears, and that Flash family is Jay, Irie, and Linda in full costume where they save Wally from the ice block and uh, take down the rogues very quickly uh, Linda and Wally tie up the trickster before they get a chance uh, before he gets a chance to do anything but Mayor Wolf stops them dead in their tracks as he is apparently so strong they just bounce right off him like he's a brick wall uh, meanwhile lightning is surrounding him and Wally believes he's figured out what's going on keeps going uh wolf keeps going on about order 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 and that's when he realizes mayor warden wolf is an avatar for the lords of order and that is when it is revealed to be the truth uh, the spirit inhabiting mayor wolf uh reveals his hand and explains how things are running rampant with the lords of chaos uh, the Rock of Eternity is out of phase. Uh, things are going wild. And things need to happen. And as they've discovered, Central City is the basically leading capital of chaos. So it needs to be controlled right away. Uh, Wally says, look, just take a peek into my head and you'll see what chaos and order really means. And he reveals his adventures and misadventures throughout the past little bit of his life, uh, stretching all the way back to just after Heroes in Crisis when he was working with Tempest Futronaut. He sat on the Mobius chair and he helped save the multiverse during Death Metal, all while uh, without his family and then rediscovering them along the way. Order kind of just didn't happen. Sorry? Hell of a resume. It is a hell of a resume. Uh, after that brief glimpse into Wally's mind, the Lord of Order ponders it and then agrees maybe Wally West has a point, frees Mayor Wolf, and then the day is now saved. Uh, Mayor Wolf agrees to work with the Flash, now remembering everything that has happened, uh, as they then turn to the rogues and say, hey, you all want to help out, things are going to go bad, why don't you just try? Be cops, go for it. Uh, they all give a good laugh, but then, yeah, why not? We'll give it a shot. And then they all head off for some food and family time. And next issue, the One Minute War begins. Uh, so I'm convinced Wally West is just the greatest hero alive. He's just freaking fantastic. <laughs> uh, this, this was a great issue with great art as usual and a very nice ending that really didn't see anyone get punched in the face. It, it was interesting. There, there was barely a fight. It was all kind of defense. There was really no offense, <laughs> um, which was very interesting compared to how many costumed people there were in this issue. It was, it was really cool to see. 9.25 out of 10. This, I think, is my top series of the year right now, <laughs> or at least the top three. I'll give you that. It's definitely three. up there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's uh... It's, it's a book that is, uh, I think, near and dear to, to many of our hearts. Um, my, my, it's, it's been a very fun ride. This issue is just continuing that ride um, or run might be more appropriate for Flash. Um, yeah. But no, it's um, 
yeah, just a, a lot of, there you go. Um, no, just a lot of really great stuff. And, and I think, uh, as you said before, Jeremy Adams has such a great uh, understanding of Wally's voice in particular. Uh, particularly his voice now, where he's a bit more zen and, and not quite as anxious um, about his position and everything, which is really refreshing to see. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely looking forward uh, to the one minute war. Um, although I think they they tried to, I think maybe retcon one of their issues a little bit, where um, maybe someone had pointed out to Jeremy Adams that Wally had a past with Wolf and um, you know he, he was quite familiar with him in the past uh, given his old stories and I think they sort of tried to retcon that here and say like oh I did know it was you all this time you were pretending that you didn't know me even though I think in an earlier issue he said like I don't know who that is um, yeah. so I, I, they tried to do it didn't really work um, but uh, I can I can forgive that deal um, but uh, aside from that as, as Rob said just really great issue uh, you know, one of the best books of the year. So, uh, eight out of ten for me. And I, 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 I enjoyed it. Um, I forgot that Wally said that they had met each other, but uh, so that doesn't get to factor into my score. Uh, <laughs> um, Lords of Order, definitely a big, huge, bad thing coming for Central City. Uh, I'm assuming that's the one-minute war. We'll find out what's going on with that. I think it's cool. Uh, I found it hilarious, actually, that Hartley works at Terrific Deck, and they're totally getting free lunch together. But um, other than me saying what you guys have already said and saying that the art is really, really good, um, I want to ask about that very first page. What up? What is up with with Flash's face on that first page. It looks like he's doing the world's strangest laugh or he's trying to hold in a fart. I don't know, but it definitely looks weird. <laughs> it was, it was uh, talking about with the eyebrows, right? It does look a little off, but it, I don't yeah. Know, and his like mouth up. is wide open while he's holding Hartley. It's, <laughs> I don't know. It looks odd, but in any case, man, um, uh, holding in a fart aside, I gave this an eight point seven five out of ten. Right on. All right. Well, now it's time for Titans together. We're going to take a look at Nightwing, uh, number ninety nine, and Brandon will tell us what's going on with Dick Grayson this week. My pleasure. Nightwing is brought to us as usual by Tom Taylor on the writing, art from Bruno Redondo and Geraldo Borges. With inks from Caio Felipe, colors from Adrian Lucas, and letters from Wes Abbott. In this issue, Tony Zuko returns for the millionth time, except now he's no longer the mayor of Chicago, but just a mob boss looking for trouble again. Now that Bloodhaven has a blockbuster sized power vacuum, Tony intends to fill that hole, starting by taking Sal Moroni's assets from a cavern and nautical themed bank called the Hold. Joined by his bodyguards, there, Tony starts making demands of the old man running the place, known as the Quartermaster, before shooting him in the head instead, while he refuses to comply. Before Tony can get off one final shot, however, Nightwing appears, and Zuko and Double Dare are forced to flee. Nightwing catches up to Zuko before he can escape, and nearly does something he might regret to hold holds on private security, shows up demanding that Nightwing hand over Zuko. Nightwing refuses, saying that he'll take Zuko back to Bloodhaven's own prisons, or finding out from Quartermaster that there is a safe registered in his name. Now, 
In prison again, Zuko gets a visit from Melinda, who informs him that not only has she bonded or reopened, excuse me, the murder case of the Flying Graysons, but she has also changed her name. Dick and Melinda celebrate their victory, bracing themselves for anyone else who might show up thinking they can take over Bloodhaven. And the background of this moment, Heartless is recruiting people, old and new enemies of Nightwing, and getting ready for what comes next. Uh, solid issue, a little short. Um, I, I'm glad that this was not drawn out because we've done the whole Nightwing facing off against the surprise Tony Zuko too many times, and uh, I grew tired of it. Um, so I'm glad this was just one issue. I'll get that yeah. out of the way. Uh, but uh, yeah, aside from that, pretty pretty short. So not really too much to say um, aside from Heartless designing. He's got an army behind him, so I guess we'll see what happens when we reach that point. But uh, yeah, um, I gave this one a nine out of ten. Pretty solid, and uh, they're definitely hinting at uh, some of the future uh, plans that Nightwing has for Bloodhaven, and uh, if the covers that we've gotten from future issues of this series are any indication, I think we all sort of know what's going to happen, um, so it'll be interesting to see how Nightwing implements this plan that he's talking about, but it's, it's kind of obvious at this point, but uh, yeah, no, solid issue, kind of work, but uh, fun and uh, and well-constructed, so not from cover to cover, man. Um, the cover was simple, you know what I mean? But it was so fucking cool. Uh, Redondo's double page action. Uh, I love that stuff when you can just follow the movement of the fight, what he's been doing for a little while now, and that's pretty cool. I also want to know what safe number 538 is. And uh, this is awesome. I'm really looking to, uh, really looking forward to issue number 100. But, um, as far as the art goes, you can you can definitely tell the difference between the two artists, but going between the two of them was not bad. It was it, uh, fantastic art all the way around, and uh, fine. It feels like Nightwing versus Heartless is uh, right around the corner, and that that I'm finally fucking ready for that. Let's go. Um, I liked it. It was it was a real good issue. I thought I gave it an eight point seven five out of ten. Yeah, I, there's definitely some big changes coming right before issue 100 with Melinda Zuko, now uh, Melinda Grayson. I thought that was a really nice touch. I like yeah. it. Uh, I wasn't sure how to feel about Nightwing with the sister at first. I thought for sure there was going to be a heel turn, but this does seem genuine at this point. I think that's really cool. Uh, I'm all about that. Um, the rest of the issue is very uh, well-drawn, very interesting. I'm also very curious what's in that vault. I'm still, even as we speak, trying to decipher what 538 could mean. Uh, maybe an issue number of some kind, but uh, that's coming up short in terms of my uh, detective skills. Uh, but we'll see where it goes. Uh, yeah, I gave it an 8.75 out of 10 myself. Really enjoyed it. Kill yeah. Alright, and now... We're going back in time to Dick as a kid in Batman Superman World's Finest number 10 to round off our reviews for the week in this, I would say, uh, massive week of books with a lot of uh, endings, uh, spoilers, hints for the future, end of the year, great books all around. Uh, so this one is written by Mark Wade with art from Dan Mora. Colors from Tamara Bonvillain and letters from Steve Wands, as is usual. We pick up with the Joker interrogating Boy Thunder, David himself, 
uh, locked in a keyhole type device because you know Joker's teammate but the keys so things have to be themed uh, looks really weird but it's interesting uh, trying to figure out Superman and Batman's identities but David does not actually know what they are or at least he says he doesn't uh, Joker doesn't believe him so they keep torturing him and even douses him with some Joker gas but refuses to give in despite the fact that he's now seeing horrific Jokerized versions of his friends Batman Superman and Robin he still does not give in uh, meanwhile, Superman, Batman, and the Teen Titans are doing their best to investigate Davis' disappearance and um, case out every known uh, hideout of the Joker and the Key in hopes of finding where David has been captured. Even Commissioner Gordon has the GCPD on full alert, uh, trying to find out anywhere David may have gone, but they haven't found anything until uh, the safe house that Batman and Robin are at that belongs to the key finds uh batman finds a piece of equipment where the key was filing down all the serial numbers and logos of all the equipment and tech he had taken but he missed a bit of one where you see a bit of the lexcorp logo on a piece of machinery so that is their next stop uh as bruce cross-references all sorts of deliveries and and uh, things going on he finds an address 1720 andrew street and before he can finish the sentence the titans have arrived and superman has picked up batman and robin they are outside the warehouse where they enter the door and find a slew of other doors in a sideways pocket dimension looks really crazy uh but you know they're gonna have some fun looking through all these doors i say that loosely <laughs> Uh, Joker and the key are still interrogating David while David or uh, the key is uh, trying to just warn David look the Joker is going to be a little bit crazy there's a reason I'm helping him goes through his origin story uh, with chemicals that says I am helping him because the Joker has promised to give me uh, the formula for his Joker gas Joker being a bit of a chemist himself and the key is very interested in that despite the fact that Joker keeps pushing the uh, um, what's the word oh my god uh, basically pushing the boundary of how the key can get the formula uh, further and further away uh, until mm -hmm. David says look I don't know their identities I'm not a superhero I'm not even from here and that's when key gets a little excited because he realizes David is from a parallel Earth, and uh, in true uh, uh, key or in true uh, costume fashion, says, "Have I been presented with a key to the multiverse?" Because puns galore during this period of time. Uh, oh, the yeah. Titans and Batman and Superman are going through every door they can, but the doors keep shifting and moving around, so they are losing track of which ones they're going through. Uh, even though they're finding all sorts of wacky and crazy things, including crocodile people. Uh, but Bruce uses his detective skills to realize uh, that there is a pattern, there is a finite number of doors, and out of hundreds of doors, there's only one that is ever used. And while the Joker does wear gloves, the key does not, so Superman uses his microscopic vision to find fingerprints and finds the one door that they've gone through, and as they do... They find Bruce has been beaten, not Bruce, David has been beaten slightly with a crowbar, not as bad as Jason was, but almost, but they did get there just in time. 
fight ensues. The key gets away. Uh, Joker takes down the Titans. But then a door gets opened and a gigantic... I don't even know. I, I, I can only describe it as a homunculus, maybe owl, mm-hmm. elk, dragon, serpent, bat-type monster <laughs> comes flying in. Patronus. And, uh, oh, God, if that's a Patronus, I don't know what... I don't want to know what your childhood was like. Um, <laughs> attacks the heroes as the Joker tries to get away. Uh, Robin and Aqualad are going after him, but David says, no, he's mine, and flies straight after him while the Titans and Batman and Superman take down the gigantic beast and try to send him back through the door where you see glimpses uh, through the door where other creatures just like him reside, which is mighty scary. Uh, David gives chase to the Joker and chases him outside where there is uh, a fun house of Joker-sized proportions, including a, a house with a Joker's head, uh, the shape of the Joker's head, which I think has been a staple in the past. Uh, yeah, David begins sure. to tear everything down with his lightning powers uh, as the heroes uh, do what they can and succeed in taking down the monster and sending him back to where it came from. As they eventually find David, Aqualad and Robin realize David is about to go a bit too far as Robin gets him to stop, but David says, no, he's tortured me enough. He's a goddamn sociopath. Uh, and he says, if I ever lay eyes on you again, ever, I swear I'll kill you. I don't care if it's tomorrow or 20 years from now. I will kill you as we see uh, in the future or the past or another universe. It remains to be seen where it is. Joker in the same position he is currently in, attacked by the same purple energy that Boy Thunder has, but instead being lorded over by none other than Magog from Mark Wade and Alex Ross's Kingdom Come. So that's a hell of a revelation to which Is it? us at Not A Robot were talking about earlier this week uh, because we did see a theory about that online uh, from the preview pages uh, but is is no longer a theory. It is uh, actually a thing. David is Magog which is interesting. Uh, I'll admit I did not see that coming um, but I like it. I, I don't see this as a reset, though, which seems to be the idea floating around online. Uh, but I think instead might be an origin. Because it's been a long time since I've read Kingdom Come, but if I remember right, the OG Magog came from another universe. So maybe yeah. this is the one he came from, and then he ended up on Earth-22 with the goal of ending every Joker in the multiverse, and Earth-22 was just the first one he went to. And the other other thing that backs me up on that is the Superman that's in the last page there with Magog has a ponytail, which I believe he did in Kingdom Come, because at the time when the book came out, Superman was sporting the ponytail in the 90s. And yes, this book, World's Finest, takes place in the past, so this could be in the future, but I think the timeline kind of doesn't work out so well. Uh, So I'm thinking alternate universe stuff. Uh, Either way, no matter which way it goes... Damn, this is a really good book. <laughs> I, I think it's it's fantastic. Easily one of the best this year in the top 10 as well. I, I gave this issue an 8.75 out of 10. Dan Mora kills it on every page. I'm loving the twists and turns. It's, it's a good issue. What did you think, Brandon? Uh, I also really dug this one. I mean, I've, I've been digging this arc a lot so far, um, and I think this just kind of kept it up. 
Um, definitely interested to see how the Magog connection plays out. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's not really surprising that, that Mark Wade would make the Kingdom Come connection, given that he wrote the story. So mm-hmm. um, we're probably coming. Um, but uh, I mean, I'm interested to see how it all kind of wraps up, given that um, the next issue is the conclusion to this arc. But uh, I'm, I'm with Rob. Really, really dug this issue. Really dig this issue overall. So this one got an 8.25 out of 10 for me. Uh, well, um, Rob read theories. I pointed it out uh, 10 issues ago. In issue number one, on page seven, down at the bottom, there was Magog's shadow up against a wall. It couldn't have been Neza. It couldn't have been anybody else. It looked just like Magog. And um, so I've been sitting here waiting for him to show up. Did I know Boy Thunder was going to turn out to be Magog? No, but I mean all the puzzle pieces are there now for us to say so and um, I guess thinking about it there's not much else that could have really happened if we're going to throw Magog in there which obviously again that seed was planted in issue number one Uh, this this particular issue feels like I'm reading Mark Waite again I haven't been the biggest fan for a little while um, but it is back on top for me again the art is absolutely splendid and you add that to a much better story than what we've had and you get yourself one hell of an issue uh no matter how much i love being right i hate knowing what's coming but uh there's nothing coming off the score for that one because it was so tiny 8.75 out of 10 right on all right, so that is our books for the week. So now we're going to bump into our top three of the week and a favorite moment if you had one. All right, so Brandon, what'd you have? Uh, well, at number three, I had World's Finest. Um, at number two, I had Batman uh, versus Robin Four. But at number one, I had to give it to Nightwing, you know, for a, a solid one and done. Uh, issue it just did an exceptional job with it as a, as it usually does um, but my favorite moment and it, it made me laugh because um, it was so outrageous um, but it I guess I just have lots of humor um, after mother soul falls into the pit Talia says something to the fall I don't have the book in front of me but I, I believe she said I refuse to let you mourn her oh, yeah. um, and Damien says I feel how I feel mother and it was so <laughs> it's so just like it's such a human moment after such a dark moment that I, I couldn't help but laugh at that so that was yeah, my favorite yeah. moment that was a good one <laughs> right on hey two Josh I also gave my third place to Batman Superman world's finest uh, the rest of it is different though for second place I couldn't help but offer that to GCPD blue wall man what a fucking story and number one, um, I don't care what anybody out there on the internet says. This book just fucking crash landed um, perfectly, and I th- what what a fucking story! Number one goes to Catwoman, um, and crazy enough, my favorite moment comes out of Dark Crisis. Uh, that first page just. Honorary mentioned the half splash of Nightwing. That was cool as shit. 
um, the glow was so much I it, I had to like kind of look away I couldn't look at it too much initially but my favorite moment is that double page half splash of all the heroes having absorbed Black Adam's power uh, that was so fucking awesome I really want that not Black Adam's power the picture well I'll, yeah. I'll take both Right, that's that's poster worthy right there. Hell yeah, it is. That's cool as shit. So. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. It's gorgeous. <laughs> as for me, at number three, I had the blue wall. I have a hell of a time picking number three because I had three or four books all with the same score, but ultimately I picked me the too. blue wall. Uh, number two, I had Catwoman, and number one, I had The Flash. Just freaking fantastic. I love this series. Uh, and a favorite moment, uh, I'm kind of t- stuck between... Um, just a personal favorite and a mind-blowing favorite. Uh, so my personal favorite is uh, that that spread shot of the Green Lantern Corps with Hal saying he has the biggest family there is, which I thought was really nice, really cool. Uh, but my mind-blowing favorite moment is that last page of World's Finest number 10 with uh, the just the parallels of seeing uh, Boy Thunder standing over Joker and Magog standing over Joker in practically the exact same fashion. That was really cool to see. Hell of a, a reveal. And it looks damn good, because Dan Moore is amazing. Uh-huh. All right, so that was our favorite moments, and now it's time for your favorite moments. It is... The Biggest Oh, that's nasty. It actually wasn't too nasty this week. No, it really wasn't. Perhaps just a mere whiff of stink. Yeah, a fart, if you will. A fluffer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. My my stink list winner today is going to be Batman vs. Robin. Though it's a much better issue than what we've had, it's actually a good issue. It, it, It stills feel like this is a... I don't want to say lackluster describing Wade for the overall series, but uh, while what's happening inside seems cool, there's something that, I don't know, there's something that's just missing in this story for me. Um, Bonus points for Alice being in there, Black Alice, but uh, I don't know, man. Something's just missing in this story for me to get engrossed, and I'm not sure what that is. That is my biggest stinker. Uh, Brandon, what do you have? Oh, my bad. I was still muted. I thought I had clicked the mute button, but I had not. (laughs) Um, Once again, I fell short. Much like my pick of this week, um, Dark Crisis number seven, which I felt fell short of its concept um, in its final execution. Um, I believe it was just kind of a a lackluster, very average event that I don't think is really going to hold up in the larger DC canon as I said so nothing mattered my, uh, my biggest stinker this week fair enough uh, as for me uh, Stargirl the Lost Children just kind of snuck in only because I, I wasn't as much as I'm enjoying the story it did feel a little dull this month uh, as I mentioned it felt a little short I didn't feel like much really happened uh, but I'm still in on the series I think it's interesting at least I got to see Airwave, which was cool. Right. Gotcha. All right. 
So, huh? Sorry. Hello? I don't think there was anything there. Oh, wait. Oh. No, I cut out again. I'm trying oh. I'm to keep my thing muted because there's like there's someone using a leaf blower nearby and I don't want to make too much noise, but I said uh -huh. that's what you want. You want airwaves. That's what gets the A. Exactly. Amen. <laughs> All right. With that, that's our show. Remember, you can help support us by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR podcast. You can check us out on Twitter at NotArobotComics and subscribe to our Substack for bonus reviews, articles, and more. And as always, there's only one way to say goodbye around here. Until next time. We get to each other. And don't be a robot. humans it's rob here with not a robot podcasts dc comics review show number 126 the world's greatest comic show about the world's greatest superheroes and with me as always is brandon hello everyone and josh oh loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> no comic book guy fans in the house. I thought that was oh, something we all knew. I, I don't oh, remember no. that line. Oh, man. All right. So if you ever want to get in touch with us, you know you can send us an email to comics at notarobotpodcasts.com. And you can get us on Twitter, too, at notarobotcomics. And now on Instagram at narcomicbooks. And if you feel like supporting us, visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR podcasts, where you can also gain access to our very own Discord server. And with some support on buymeacoffee.com, you can find your way into that server to talk with us and other fans about all things geek. Comic books, movies, books, anything you can think of, we talk about it. So for today's books, we are looking at Stargirl, The Lost Children, number two, GCPD, The Blue Wall, number three, Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, number seven, Batman vs. Robin, number four, Catwoman, number 50, The Flash, number 789, Nightwing, number 99, and Batman Superman, World's Finest, number 10, as well as a couple of honorable mentions. But before we get into that, we'll do what we always do. Let's get into some news. What's going on in your necks of the woods, guys? Well, um, it was 
funny how you mentioned that there just a second ago. I just, uh, as far as honorable mentions goes, it's not news, but I happened to find out that the Doom Patrol theme song, which I absolutely love, was written by the same dude that did Daredevil, Westworld, The Terror, Punisher, and American Gods. What a fucking oh. resume. Wow. Um, That's and, really good. Right? That's and impressive. Speaking of, uh, speaking of Doom Patrol, uh, Brandon, I don't know if you're caught up on the series or not, but Mr. 104 just showed up. Uh, no, I, I have. Uh, it's, it's been a while. I, I don't think I've even seen season three yet. But uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. It's it's. Yeah, I thought so anyway. Um, all right, a couple of confirmations by Gun Blue Beetle is one hundred percent coming out. Um, he one hundred percent confirmed that he will not bow to social media dickheads. Uh, he also said that the rumor that they are recasting everyone but the Suicide Squad is completely false um, and that the Superman movie is definitely not a Superman origin movie he's just younger he will already know all of the heroes in the DC universe and then finally on a happy note I'm happy to announce that Aftershock Comics has had to file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in the state of California with $50 million in debt. Wow. How do you do that? Uh, well, you stop paying creators. That's one of the things that they did. They but, stopped I mean, paying if creators. You stopped paying they people, stopped where's paying that printers. money going? <laughs> How are you bankrupt if you're keeping it all? <laughs> no, 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 nobody's buying the fucking comics with Aftershock. Oh, that's man. that's the thing. And I fucking saw a solicitation for issue number 18, and there's something that's going on with John. And, you know, I just don't know how I feel about it. I'm not going to drop that bomb here unless you guys want to, but I'm kind of really iffy about it. Wait, issue well, eighteen that's, of what? That's all I got. Um, uh, 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 son of Kal El, I believe. Wait, it's done though. <laughs> yeah, didn't we talk about that last week? Wait, hold on. With hold on. Yeah, I think you probably mean John. Adventures of Superman. Yes. Wait, hold on. Oh, John. okay. Yeah. <laughs> It had me confused there for a second. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, okay, so you read the solicitation. I did warn you about it. I wasn't going to tell you what it was, but I, I did say you no, were no, not going to be happy. Yep. <laughs> yep. His electric beep. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm about it right now. I'm curious how that story will go. Uh, if it's going the way I, I think guess... it might go going to be interesting but i've been wrong about tom taylor before so <laughs> we'll see fair enough anybody else have any other news or anything they wanted to mention brandon uh nothing really breaking just uh no. you know on my my end just kind of enjoying vacation doing a good bit of reading which has been nice and uh, that's pretty much it right on that is always nice uh, yeah, I've got nothing myself, uh, except uh, happy holidays to everybody out there, because this, this weekend is Christmas, and this week started a, a whole slew of other holidays. We had Hanukkah, uh, Yule, Kwanzaa, I believe, is next week. 
uh, to whatever you celebrate out there. I got just one thing to say. Don't be a Larflees this holiday season. Be a St. Walker instead. Yes. There you Very go. Very kind and giving. Yes. Well, but right, not, not Origin St. Walker where you believe in something so intently that it kills your family. <laughs> yeah, That's try not, not good. to do that. Yeah. yeah. Try not to do that. Or yeah. else they'll make a Christmas movie out of you. But, uh, <laughs> Rob, did you have any? Did you have any news? Uh, no, I feel like I did, but I don't. Cool. All right. Well, yeah. admitting that is quite honorable, so we will get into the honorable mentions. Um, just real fast: Urban Legends, Deceased War of the Gods, and DC versus Vampires: All Out War. All excellent issues. Go out and buy them. I had a fun time. Definitely. Awesome. And that's it. Yeah. That's all that the was. That was, uh, that was fairly quick. <laughs> yeah. So with that, we'll get into quick bites. <laughs> uh, so first quick bite we have on the docket is Stargirl The Lost Children number two. And Mr. Brandon is going to tell us about that along with his cricket pal. My pleasure. Yes. Along with my cricket pal, who's being very noisy right now. Um, but, uh, that's, that's because he has a lot to say about the issue, I assume. Uh, yes, this Fair is Stargirl The Lost Children, <laughs> number two, written by Jeff Johns, with art from Todd Knock, colors from Matt Herms, and letters from Rob Lee. Courtney and Emiko continue their hunt for Wing and the other missing children, journeying to a mysterious island at the bottom of the Diablo Triangle. After a nasty shipwreck delivers them to the island, the two are separated by some strange robots, Courtney must team up with Wing, now truly known to be alive, and some of the other missing sidekicks to escape the island. Um, still really fun. Um, still having a great time. Art is, is really nice and uh, oh yeah, it is fun to follow. I'm a sucker for Todd Knock, and um, you know it's uh, I don't know I don't know that there's a, a whole lot to say that hasn't already been said, but um, just a, a cool ride, and I'm I'm interested to see where the adventure goes from here, and and uh, how Courtney's going to work with these missing sidekicks. Or forgotten yep. sidekicks, I should say. I mean, so I think I Star Girl and uh, eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Yeah. I gave it. I actually gave it an eight point five. I enjoyed it. I think Scar. I think Star Girl smiles a little bit too much when she's talking very serious. But other than that, man, pretty damn good story. I'm looking forward to the next issue. Yeah, I I as well am rather enjoying this. It's a fun one. I am very happy to see Airwave for obvious reasons, if you know my fandom. Uh, but uh, apart from that, it, it does feel like right now, it's, I believe it's six issues, and this does feel to me like it's going to be a bit of a slow book, or maybe this is just a short issue. Uh, it doesn't feel like much really happened here in comparison to the grand scheme of things. But I'm still about it. I like it. Eight out of ten. All right, so yeah. that was about some missing children, which tends to be a, a job for the police, right? Would you say like Indeed. police tend to investigate that? Usually. So let's see what the let's see what they're they're up to over in GCPD, the Blue Wall. Indeed, we will. Um, written by John Ridley, art by Stefano Raffaele. I think. Um, colors Brad Anderson with letters by Ariana Marr and just a flat out awesome and really cool cover from Rico Murakami. Uh, I love it. Um, Commissioner Montoya is all about taking down Two-Face and is quite relentless about it. That's the overarching story here. Two-Face is looking to look is looking like he's completely innocent. 
even though he's under intense surveillance, police chief is even trying to talk Montoya down. On the character side of things, while all this is going on, Officer Danny Ortega is experiencing quite a bit of racism in the workplace with uh, one, one particular incident, but HR is telling him, hell, everybody's telling him not to cause problems and just, just to let it go, suck it up. Uh, Eric, that parole officer, is quitting the force because his parolee basically killed himself by letting himself get shot. Um, GCPD, The Blue Wall, is a complete shit show, and I love it. Uh, the art is on point. The story is incredible. Uh, it's a great series so far, and I think we're missing out by not having a longer book, but that's not really the fault of the book itself. I gave this a 9 out of 10. Yeah, I, uh, I completely agree with that description. Uh, it, it is absolutely a shit show, uh, but a very good one. Um, loving the, uh, the grounded approach to, to the, to the GCPD. I feel like that's where it always excels. Um, and that's really where a lot of, uh, Gotham central really excelled, except this time instead of, you know, approaching the, I guess, more colorful side of Gotham's villains from a grounded perspective, this is really just like entirely grounded. We almost have like no super villains at all. It's just sort of the everyday life of your average uh, beat cop but uh, in different positions which is it's really well done and this I, I feel like is is what I wish I could be seeing in I Am Batman but uh, really just couldn't feel there but um, I'm, I'm loving it here uh, and things doing a great job so this one got an 8.5 and 10 for me just a really phenomenal series so far yeah, and I must have been in a good mood I'm scoring higher than Brandon twice in a row <laughs> yeah yeah I know. <laughs> Well, we'll see in the spotlight section how well, that goes. I guess goes. we'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah, The Blue Wall, honestly, still a fantastic book. I, I also agree. I'll make that a three count. Uh, it's, it's a shit show, but in a good way, best way possible. Easily, mm-hmm. I think, in the top ten of DC books this year, if not uh, just basic releases across the board. Like, it's, it's really friggin' good. Uh, I would want more you... issues before I said that, but I mean, not underselling it. It's fucking great yeah. series. So yeah, far. yeah. Uh, and and this is coming from somebody that doesn't typically like cop shows because I don't really care for them. Uh, but this is fantastic. Uh, yeah, eight point seven five out of ten. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, really, so we're gonna go up onto the roof of the GCPD building and shine that spotlight on the roof Perfect on timing. over to our next book. Uh, yeah, so it is time for the first book in our spotlight section, Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths number seven. We made it, folks. It's the end. We did. And we'll see how this goes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, so this is written by Joshua Williamson with art from a quite hefty and stellar team of Daniel Semper, Jack Herbert, Giuseppe Camucoli, Cam Smith, and Rafa Sandoval with colors from an equally stellar team of Alejandro Sanchez, Alex Guimaraes, Romulo Fajardo Jr., and Matt Herms with letters from the stellar Tom Napolitano. So we open up on Nightwing alone in a dark area where he's trying to figure out where he is he's surrounded by his own kind of aura of light while he runs into none other than Deathstroke as he de-ages to a younger Robin when he first appeared in the New Teen Titans and Deathstroke in his classic uh, 
Terminator suit. Uh, they begin to talk about everything that's going on and how the Great Darkness is winning as Deathstroke swings his dark shadowy sword to uh, slay Robin one final time. We then pop out into the real world where the heroes are doing all they can to fight back the Great Darkness. The Flash family is racing across the multiverse to try and get ahead on the Great Darkness, which is attacking every Earth at the same time, doing their best to take that take it down as fast as possible. Meanwhile, Black Adam is taking his lightning-fast power all the way to uh, Deathstroke's face, the real Deathstroke, physical Deathstroke, which who still has uh, Great Darkness black chains flowing out of him, and while the heroes of the DC Universe do what they can to take on the remaining, uh, remaining, remaining uh, members of the Great Darkness army. Oh, it's just called the Dark Army, isn't it? I don't know why I said the Great Darkness Army. Uh, Black Adam gives them all a power boost, getting into Deathstroke's face and screaming his name as his power gets shared with every hero on the battlefield. And now That's armed new, with the, right? The, yeah. <laughs> I don't even think Shazam has done that. <laughs> I mean, Shazam has shared powers before, but I didn't know that Black Adam could do that, especially yeah. not by yelling his own name. Yeah, but I mean, like, like yeah, Shazam has shared his power with his own family and maybe one or two other people, but not everyone in, in one fight. <laughs> like, this is a lot of people at once. Yeah, that's a lot of people you are right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they, they begin to make quick work of the Dark Army, and Deathstroke and Black Adam have some words. Uh, Black Adam, or, no, sorry, Deathstroke is still convinced Legacy needs to die while Black Adam begins to show his change of hearts and seeing the future of the hero world may actually be in good hands. Um, the two square off as the Flashes need a bit of help, where the brand new powered Dr. Light with her, I guess not brand not brand new Dr. Light, but her with brand new power in Dr. Light uh, shows up to aid the Flashes, giving them a burst of bright light, uh, which helps free the, the uh, infinite multiverse from the Great Darkness, and all the Earths are safe at once. And you do get a bit of a glimpse of the, I guess now classic multiversity map of the multiverse surrounded by all the new Earths in the infinite multiverse, which looks quite cool, I must admit. Uh, with that day now saved, the Dark Army begins to disappear and the heroes have saved the day at last. Meanwhile, Black Adam and Deathstroke are still squaring off. Uh, and as Deathstroke begins to get... Uh, a bit of a, a head on Black Adam. Uh, he Black Adam then says, I would die with them, these new heroes. He will protect them at all costs, and that gives him a newfound resolve. While Dick is being taken over as the only person still attached to the Great Darkness, he then finds a light within himself and frees himself from the Great Darkness's power and joins Black Adam in the fight against Deathstroke, yet Ravager gets in the way and asks him to stop, and together he just falls to the ground on his knees and gives up. The fight is now over. We now get a glimpse of where all the major players have gone going forward, the JSA reunited, the Bat family together, the Teen Titans uh, celebrating and rebuilding Titans Tower yet again, among various other members of the DC Universe and Pantheon. The Spectre has now rejoined 
with Jim Corrigan, as we saw in, uh, I don't remember the name of the one-shot, but a previous issue of Dark Graces tie-in, and is now joining the Quintessence, which I think is quite unexpected, because it was always just the Spectre in the Quintessence, and never Jim Corrigan, correct? If you guys know. Um, I, I, I think that's right, yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest, going into this issue, I expected Jim Corrigan as the Spectre to rejoin the JSA. But I guess not. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Darkseid is back on Apocalypse, which that remains to be seen what's happening to Orion. Uh, Dinah and Roy are now on the, the search for Oliver Queen. Justice League Incarnate is back in, in power with Harbinger. And Dr. Light is exploring her new connections to the multiverse and figuring out where she needs to go from there. Meanwhile, villains around the world are using their newfound research and uh, ideas about the multiverse at, at large as to where they can go from there. Deathstroke uh, is now locked up in what I can only call a back-to-tank of, of uh, DC proportions. After the great darkness was expunged from his body, so was the serum that gave him his superhuman abilities. Uh, so he is just barely clinging on to life now. Uh, a mere stick figure of his uh, previous self, he's become very thin and, and uh, less than musculature. Uh, but a shadowy figure shows up in uh, Deathstroke's laboratory cell, I guess you could call it, and stops the, the tank keeping him alive, which leaves Deathstroke screaming out in pain, and that's the last we see of him. Uh, now, the few heroes that have some knowledge of the, the great multiverse and some of the, the smartest people in the hero community band together to try and figure out what to do next. And Barry says him and Wallace are going out into the multiverse to figure out what's going on out there, as you can see in last week's Dark Crisis, The Big Bang. Hal is going to stay on Earth for a while because he feels he's been in space for too long. Uh, and he's just going to do what he can to help out. As they look at all the, the new heroes on the uh, on the battlefield helping clean up and they realize that the future has a bright path ahead of it. Uh, later on, the Hall of Justice is being rebuilt where Clark, John, and Black Adam meet up into the sky where Black Adam basically renounces his heroship while also saying the future is still in good hands legacy did a good job today and i do believe in the future of our planet but i am no longer a hero if you or any other hero gets in my way again it will be war and he flies off and inside the hall of justice dick and bruce meet up find the candle that dick uh, made a promise on way back in his early days with batman before he became Robin, as Bruce snaps it in half and says, look, this candle is very symbolic, but it's not your true light. You are the true light, and that is how you were able to defeat the Great Darkness. And as Aww. Dick thinks about that and is very, very uh, thankful for all Bruce has taught him, he does ask about the Justice League, where Bruce says there is no Justice League. After all that the League has been through, they need time to rethink it and come back with a stronger strategy. But if there's going to be a future of the Justice League at all and lead us all into the future, it's going to be you, Dick Grayson. As 
And before they can get too deep into that, Oracle interrupts them with a, a message that Two-Face is back in action. So the dynamic duo fly off into the sky to once again save the day. And that ends the dark crisis on the infinite Earths. But there is an epilogue sometime later, not actually disposed how long later. We do see some glimpses of various storylines that are currently happening. But what we do get mostly in this epilogue is a shadowy figure talking to the, excuse me, the Council of Light. Uh, I would call them shadowy figures, but they're basically illuminated. So they're bright figures, but we do not know who they are. But if you're very good at guessing games with silhouettes, you might be able to figure out who some of these people are because they have distinct shapes. I have not been able to yet, but I, I will ask you guys once this is done if you recognize any of them. Uh, the lone shadowy figure talking to the Council of Light um, is basically saying uh, that the plans that the Council of Light has had uh, is not working, and as she has returned, she has a new plan to incarcerate the heroes because they will bring doom upon the world. The Council of Light does not think that's a good idea, but she's going to do what she wants anyway, as of four metahumans show up behind her, and as we are revealed on the final page, it is none other than Amanda Waller, potentially fresh from Earth 3, along with Peacemaker, a new female Peacemaker, uh, somebody who's, and I forget his dang name, he was in the Suicide Squad recently, <laughs> he was played by Idris Elba, but you know what I'm talking about, it looks like a big version of him. Deadshot. It's, no, not, not Deadshot. The, uh, the guy with, like, you could build weapons out of nothing. No, you got him teleported to him. Oh, fuck. What is his name? Yeah, Blood you know. I... Bloodsport. Yes, Bloodsport. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I meant to look it up, and I forgot to look it up, and I could not remember it for the life of me. And finally, uh, the, I believe, is unofficial title was the new composite Superman from World's Finest. There's now a mirror image version of him with a backwards Bat-S logo, a purple and green costume, and yellow ring energy instead of green. And, yeah, that's a certain thing. To be continued in 2023. Holy Ooh, crap. So, I, I was yeah, rather enjoying this full story. review. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 was, it was... Yeah, we were debating on it. Um... So I was rather enjoying this up until the last pages of both the main story and the epilogue. Um, the it's just the, the the narratives they put in the last pages I'm not totally convinced on. So, so the Justice League just decide to take a break after all that's happened, even though that everything that's happened makes it seem like now would be the time to make the team stronger instead of just go away. And I get they're trying to put weight onto Legacy, but maybe don't just disappear. Help them build it first, you know? And, and can we stop having villains that are just mirror opposites of the heroes? The new Composite Superman is very cool. Why do we need a green, purple, yellow version? It, and, and we're not yeah. supposed to... I mean, the, the, that whole thing was supposed to be like a special thing that happened. Is We're just yeah. going to be able to do that whenever we want now. You know? Uh, and, and who is this guy? Like, I... I want to know who it is, and then just want to not care. <laughs> uh, I love the costume, but I just, yeah, it's too much. Um, yeah, it's, it's a hell of a ride. 
I gave this an 8.5 out of 10. I didn't hate most of it. It was an interesting ending. There were some things for me that didn't stick. The art was fantastic. Um, Hal basically finally telling the masses that he has the largest family of all, which I've been saying for years. <laughs> it's finally actually said in the book. And uh, in the meeting with John, Clark, and, and Adam, uh, whoever was drawing those pages, I, I didn't get a chance to look up who was doing which. Uh, really made him look like Dwayne Johnson, which was quite funny to me. Uh, yeah, he's a child I mean, of raised eyebrow. Yeah, it was a did not yeah. kind of he's make Jack him Herbert. look like. Oh, yeah, it it was it was a clear. He, absolutely, it's <laughs> the only even, place he, in he in did the, the eyebrow and everything. Issue, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's that's all I have to say about that. I'm curious about Amanda Waller, but if we're just erasing the war from Earth 3 from continuity, that's fine by me. Um, yeah, 8.5 out of 10. Uh, I think uh, Dark Crisis is a textbook example of the difference between concept and execution, because you can have a wonderful concept that seems great in principle, the execution can fall completely short of that concept and this is a textbook example of that there are a lot of interesting ideas in dark crisis although i lamented it from the beginning because i thought it was just going to be a collection of interesting moments and nothing more and lo and behold it was exactly that uh, and and also fell short of the concepts that it could have achieved um and yeah this this final issue is is like pretty much the shining example of that where it's it's a lot of moments that would be great to hang on a wall or to show out of context but ultimately they just i don't know they they contribute nothing and, and everything that the series might have been able to achieve in its larger themes and concepts just never gets there never quite gets there so it is a perfectly average event i think looking back at the seven issues that we got for this entire series but honestly it's not something that i think will go down as essential reading in the DC canon um, so this one as I said got a 7.5 out of 10 um, that's what I gave it to was a 7.5 out of 10 uh, just like you said okay so it's an average comic book and then there was just some weird stuff um, like the whole all of a sudden yelling Black Adam does something for him he used to have to yell Shazam too um, so that kind of made me go huh um, and ultimately, we got Slade lost his Miracle powers, and Ollie is missing. And then Batman puts Dick in charge of the Justice League right after telling him that there is no Justice League. Um, <laughs> other than that, nothing, nothing really happens in that main story. And then, um, so overall I kind of feel like this was just one seven issue setup arc <laughs> um, but yeah, that's but a good way to put it I'm curious at the at near the end of the book we see the heroes captured right in one cell there's Mr. Terrific Donna Troy Steel Green Lantern um, another one we got uh, Jace Fox Nightwing Yara Floor and then the Trinity down at the bottom, there's more people in there too. Um, do we think that we may potentially be looking at some sort of new teams that are coming together? I was thinking that, you know, the way those those panels are laid out and the, the character choices in each one, it looked quite interesting. 
Flash, Hot Girl, uh, Jace Fox, Batman, Nightwing, Yara Floor. I'm assuming with that cape we're looking at Damien. Yes. And then Shazam. That's an interesting team put together. Yeah. And then... You know, I don't know who a few of those people are in the top one. <laughs> but in any case, they're interesting teams being put together, and I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but are potentially cool. But other than that, um, it was completely average. I didn't hate it. Great art. 7.5 out of 10. Right on. Yeah, that, that top panel has uh, Impulse, Zatanna, Black Canary, Steel, Hal Jordan, uh, Donna Troy, Batwoman, Mr. Terrific, and I believe between Donna and Hal is Aquaman. Uh, Jackson. Ew. Jackson Hyde. Okay, well that would be a pretty cool fucking team too. Yeah. Definitely. Well, in any case, yeah, that uh, ends the Dark Crisis. Uh, do you guys have any clues as to who those people on the Council of Light are? Uh, the biggest thing I've been able to determine is that they are members of the Council of Light. It's a bit of a mind-blowing uh, <laughs> revelation, but I'm, I'm about it. <laughs> right. Brandon, do you recognize anybody? Um, most of them are pretty ambiguous. The only kind of discernible shape that we get is one with ears, and really that could be any one. There are a number of characters that have cows with ears, so yeah. it could be Catman, it could be Catwoman. Uh, I don't know; it's it's hard to say. Like they're they're too just ambiguous to narrow down anything at this point. Oh wait, wait, let me hang on, hang on. <laughs> oh no, I think I know. Just let me double check all these pictures here. Uh, hmm. It it's maybe possible, and if I'm right, Josh won't be happy. Oh God! I think this may be an updated crime syndicate. Shut up! Don't say that. That's not okay. Don't even. Oh Jesus! You're a jerk. No, I, I could if, be if wrong. That, if that is real, I'm going to blame you. <laughs> I don't think Joshua Williamson is listening to us for the story ideas. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. Tom King yeah. did it with Batman. <laughs> Not listen to us, but listen to everybody. That was a yeah. mistake. I mean, if he was listening to everybody, Batman and Catwoman would have been freaking married by now. <laughs> yeah still salty about that issue 50 but that's neither here nor there that was a couple of years ago all right so that's the end of one event and now we're going on to another event it's time for batman versus robin number four and brandon's going to tell us about that all right let's do it this is batman versus robin number four as written by mark wade with art from mahmoud azra and scott godlewski Colors from Jordi Belair and letter from Steve Wands. This is a bit of a lengthy one, but I'm going to try and do my best to 
move right through it, uh, Batman makes his way to the final showdown in the center of Lazarus Island, which could be none other than a showdown with his own son. The father and son fight for an extended time, though Bruce gets the upper hand in the end thanks to a timely intervention from Talia. This upper hand comes in the form of the Helm of Fate, which Bruce uses to return his son as well as the other Robins and magic users trapped by Nezha back to normal and send them back to where they should be, with the exception of Black Alice. Damien and Talia then run off to confront Damien's grandmother, Mother Soul. Um, Bruce then uses the Helm of Fate uh, to go toe-to-toe with Nezha, though this only lasts for a while. Neza breaks the helm, leaving Batman powerless. While Damien makes a valiant attempt to fight Neza before he can hurt Batman, Neza hits him. However, oh, excuse me, Neza retaliates with a rather nasty bolt of energy fired at Damien. Before he can hit him, however, Bruce jumps in front of his own son and takes the blast instead, which kills him. Just then, Neza's own son arrives to challenge his father, while Damien tries to figure out a way to bring his father back to life. In a desperate attempt to resurrect him, Damien, Talia, Higgsy, and Pigsy use Black Alice's siphoning power to take some of Neza's own energy and funnel it into Bruce, while simultaneously zapping power away from Neza. Neza flees while his son pursues him, and Damien, Talia, and Bruce, and Black Alice flee from Lazarus Island just as it erupts. Um, pretty exciting, I, I guess not conclusion, because I, I learned recently there's actually a fifth issue uh, in this series. Um, yeah, but I just found I would say that out pretty was like what the hell. Yeah, no, pretty exciting climax uh, within this miniseries. Uh, definitely ramping things up in anticipation for Lazarus Planet, which will be coming soon, as the end of the issue suggests with the Alpha issue. Um, so, I mean, I'm not overly excited about Lazarus Planet. I kind of commented that it's very familiar to Inhumanity, which was not the greatest event, uh, and I, I don't really trust this concept but i could be wrong i hope i'm wrong um but aside from that just uh i would say yeah really exciting climax what with you know the really epic fight between father and son but thankfully bruce was able to you know get the upper hand and then use the helm of fate as a, as a kind of last ditch effort to set things right although the helm of fate is ultimately destroyed and i wonder how that's going to play out for wielders of the helm of fate moving forward um hopefully they'll find some way to fix it or they'll just be without the helm of fate for a while i guess we'll have to see um but yeah lots of lots of exciting stuff in this issue it just continues to read like a a fun action adventure um interested to see how they're going to wrap things up in the the fifth issue which should be out in a month or two i'm not entirely sure when but uh i think it said february yeah something like that um so yeah no this one got an 8.75 for me the series despite uh, my expectations being rather low, has been a nice surprise. Um, and I'm really digging it. Okay. Um, I think Neza has some daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, before I get into the rest of the book, I just thought it was uh, worthy to mention that every single uh, martial arts strike that Bruce names that's going on in the book, um, those are all real. But... Uh, Thought that was kind of cool that they did the did the research to look into that many different kinds of martial arts styles to get different strikes out of it, but it was cool. Um, it's curious to see that Neza is draining all and, uh, of her Where magic. pray tell, where pray tell would someone like me be able to learn a Lady Shiva Bob and Weave? Well, <laughs> I know mean, Lady Shiva is not uh, a real person. 
other than those ones, which I thought <laughs> were kind of corny. That's a real thing. <laughs> Just ask Batman. I would, but I so a couple of those, yeah, the comic book based <laughs> yeah. ones, obviously not, but the rest yeah. are real. Um. Uh, just for the record, Black Alice can siphon any kind of power, not just magic, not just only magic. At least that's how she used to be written, but they like to change things here. I thought Bat Fate reminded me a whole lot of um, him sitting in the Mobius chair. Mm. Like, I'm only yeah, going to do point. this as a latch ditch, ditch effort. And, uh, you know, they just can't can't not give us Bat God. Um <laughs> But it does make me wonder what in the holy hell is going to happen next. Even with all those criticisms I just uh, laid out, it is a much better issue than the ones that we have gotten. Um, art, of course, always looks fucking great. Uh, story just took off. Lazarus Planet isn't scaring me as much as it used to, and I guess that that's always a good thing. Um, I'm going to give it a... 7 out of 10. Alright, on. Uh, I'm happy Bruce finally saved a Robin from death. He <laughs> finally did it. It took him Yay. Like, decades. <laughs> he finally succeeded. Um, yeah, so Lazarus Planet looks like it's off to a running start, but based on what we know of Lazarus Planet so far... I did think we were going to see glimpses of what to look forward to in January. I was kind of surprised that it just sort of ended and didn't show us anything. Uh, as we already have a, a preview of Lazarus Planet Alpha, and it really just picks up right where this left off. Um, so we don't really... Unless you're not really paying attention to solicits and... Uh, news blasts you, you really don't know what the hell to expect with lazarus planet which i, I think was interesting uh, is dc I, I, trying to my personal i think like, only news blast narrative now it's yeah i think i think with nasa having all of the magic in the whole world lazarus planet is gonna be earth and um they're gonna have to all work together take them down yada 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 it's gonna be similar to like an etrigan story but just on a massive scale yeah uh, we'll see how it goes. I, I'm interested in it. I think, I think it could be cool. But I do agree with Brandon. It does have that, that Inhumanity kind of story beat, which as much as I didn't read all of Inhumanity, I did check out some of it, and it didn't really seem that interesting. So <laughs> Inhumans in general seem very uninteresting right now, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, anyways, for this issue, I gave an 8.5 out of 10. I, I rather enjoyed it. It was cool to see some of the combat. Bad God is a concept, though, that needs to just be put to sleep for many, many years. A long, long, long time. Yeah. Alright, so that concludes our spotlight reviews. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Do not touch that pause button. Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> 